Welcome to Catholic Stuff You Should Know, a J10 initiative. We starting? Yep. Hey, uh, welcome to the podcast here. Father Nathan Goble and Father John Neppel here in a night, winter night edition yep. of the podcast. It is basically pitch black in our studio it's because spooky. we don't have any lights in here. I'll work on that. Yeah, you've been working on that since November. <laughs> If somebody wants to send in a loon, a loon lamp that will you know light up at all look, the hour. We're looking for a loon lamp here. The um, yeah, so we're back at it here, and uh, I'm not sure how he's going to read out of that book, but I've got a, a flashlight on my phone. We'll be fine. I've got an iPhone four. I've got the Samsung Galaxy two. <laughs> he's referencing. Uh, so Father Nathan is turning into his father, and, and one of the yep. many good qualities of, of Dave Goebel is that he just says things randomly, that if, yep. you, if you know the, the history of the man, you can interpret them into right. modern English, but uh, if you don't... And so what Father Nathan it's just It's just nonsensical. It's nonsensical. And uh, what Father Nathan just referenced was... What was that? It was a, something it was a cartoon called, cartoon called I Want the iPhone 4. It's uh, probably not for children to listen to, but definitely funny. <laughs> So when the iPhone 4 came out and it was talking about how people just want it without any reason whatsoever. Right. And he's a Samsung guy and so he took to it. I know, but right now I am waiting for the iPhone 6B to come out because I do want I'm it's just like I like the Droid, I like a lot of things about it. However, the fact that I I whatever Apple like has made music completely impossible to get on it. It's really frustrating because then you have to have an iPod and um, or whatever else. So I know first world problems. But. Well, you're lucky. Andrea just said we're not going to Blue Bonnet for dinner. Yes, he hates this place. Blue she Bonnet place. is like dignified dog I, food. <laughs> I love the Blue Bonnet. Man. Oh gosh, oh, why'd she say that? She said she didn't want to go there. Yes. So, so I try to make her feel guilty. Suck. So much for my combination K. Gosh. What do you mean combination I, K? That's what I get every time. Combination K. What's that? It's a um, shredded beef burrito. And oh, a taco. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, I, is that like some sort of reference? I got the old combo K. Everybody gets the combo K, you know, it's crazy. All right. Well, enough banter because we've got to be at, you know, like. Not not the blue bonnet. This is classic woman right here. I don't care. Just not there. Uh, yeah. Oh. Oh my gosh! There's a, there's a hilarious. There's a new Weird Al Yankovic song called like you know like going through the drive through or something, and it's all about that. It's like I don't care where we go, but they really do care where they right. go. And then it's like we had Chinese food the other day and whatever else. So, I mean, do you want us to pause so you can figure this out? I'm just trying to work out our dinner plans. Look I think who's, we look who's calling now. Nice, Father Ramon Garansky. He would feel very uncomfortable if we put him on the air. Though so I know, gonna, but we're gonna decline that call. You'll have to call him back as soon as we get done because he doesn't like it when we. He he. So anybody over the age of sixty basically thinks that phones are like you should answer a cell phone at any moment. Yep. I don't understand that whatsoever. Yep. But he is one of them. She wants to go to Lyme. I've never been there. All right, we'll go there. Great. Let's start. Wait. The so she doesn't want to go to Mexican food, but she wants to go to Lyme. Yeah. What's up with that? Que sabe la mujer. Que sabe la mujer. Okay, let's start the topic. Let's start the podcast. Hey, welcome to the podcast. Hey, Father John, Nathan Goble here. How are you? Catholic stuff. Great, to, great to hear from great you. Great to be with you. Everything's great here in uh, Priestland. 
Okay. What are we talking about? Today, we're going to talk about recollectedness. Recollectedness. What I'm Recollected. not right now. Yeah, okay. well, I think that's most of us. I'm angry because I want to go to the Blue Bonnet, and we're going to Lyme. First. I think you should just say, I want to go to Blue Bonnet. We should go there. What if I put the F word in there? Would that help? No, it, that never <laughs> helps, John. I'm saying that because we're on the air. Okay. <laughs> <coughs> People are really annoyed right now. I know. And they listen. Just start the topic. Okay. I, I'm we're turning, gonna, turning the phone Okay. Off. Well, this is actually what, a good prop. I don't so, care where we're going to dinner. It okay. Doesn't, it doesn't matter. Recollectedness. Let's so go. I'm reading this book, um, which was actually recommended to me when I was a, a junior in college because I was just learning like, oh, there's these sensations that I'm having to pray, um, but I don't really want to do them because I would rather watch SportsCenter and do whatever else. And so um, I was kind of asking my spiritual director at the time, uh, Father Brian Herlocker, um, how can I grow in my spiritual life, pray, etc. And he recommended this book called The Art of Praying by Romano Guardini. Ah. And I remember sitting in the back of St. John's Chapel at the University of Illinois and being like, what in the heck is this guy talking about? Um, He's talking about these things called composure and contemplation and stillness and whatever else. And I'm like, this isn't for me. Um, and so I pretty much put it on my shelf um, for seven years, even went through seminary, um, and then eventually got ordained. And uh, um, there came a new edition of it um, from Sophia Press, whatever, um, because I had kept his copy. I don't know if people like do that from time to time, but somebody recommends you a book, loans you their copy. I, I hate people you like keep you. Her, you keep it for it. 10 years, <laughs> and then eventually buy your own copy. So, yeah, uh, so at some point, I'll give it back to him. Anyway, so I'm, in, uh, I'm reading it right now, and uh, he's got this great section on recollectedness. So I just want to go through his four points on recollectedness, which I hope doesn't take that long. Get out the flashlight. We got to go. We, we got to go to Blue, Blue Bonnet. Bonnet. I wish. We got 13 minutes. Okay. So the first thing is, what do you think of when you think of recollected? <sighs> recollected? Yeah. Like when you say, when I go to prayer, I need to be recollected. Recollected. Uh, so I think the first, like mindfulness. I don't know. Okay. Yeah. yeah. That's good. Um, yeah. Just like I think of collected in the sense that I'm not scattered anymore. Yep. You know, that I'm kind of ordered that there's a basic structure and peace. Mm-hmm. That's the first thought. Yeah. I mean, you're hitting on multiple of the things that he's going to talk about. So, um, you know, when we go to prayer, we really want to pray. But our natural disposition is accustomed to doing 16 different things at one particular time. So, right. like, instead of, you know, just checking our email, we're checking our email, getting our Pandora station ready, uh, opening our mail, uh, checking a text message. Um, Liking like chewing gum. Joe Stanek's girlfriend's picture on Instagram. Exactly. Right. So, I mean, like, pretty pretty imbalanced. So, right. he says, when you go to prayer, one of, the, one of the virtues associated with prayer is recollectedness. And it has multiple um, kind of subheadings underneath it. So, the first thing he says is, recollected, for one thing, means that man becomes composed and concentrated. So, you're focused on what you're going to be doing. Right. Um, so you you get into the, your prayer space, whatever it, it may be, and you you note like how much time do I have for prayer? Okay, you may go in to pray, 
But it's like, how much time am I actually going to be focused and attentive and want to pray? Right. Because a lot of people break up their time. You know, you, you read the scriptures a little bit. Maybe you're going to pray a rosary, whatever else. But when you are praying, um, which not saying that those other things aren't prayer, but when you want to do mental prayer, you want to say, all right, I need to compose myself and concentrate and say, I'm here for this amount of time. Right. And be attentive to that. You know, like, I don't know if you ever, you know, were in practice or something like that, but your coach would get after you if you weren't focused on all I needed to do for the next, like, you know, 15 minutes is focus on this one thing. Right. And you're kind of off in la la land and everything. And then they yell at you. So um, in prayer, nobody's going to do that to you. But the evil one is always going to try and distract you. He's going to try and say, well, you're here, but you should really be thinking about your grocery list or how should I answer this text or what am I going to eat later and everything else. So you want to become composed and concentrated. Thoughts, feelings, desires? Harder than it, than it sounds. Oh, That's definitely. For sure. Man, I like uh, this morning I'm thinking about, you know, I had a uh, I had the morning shift, which I, I despise. Um, and uh, we have mass at 8, holy hour at 7. Holy hour consists of morning prayer with me and four other old women who don't listen to this podcast but are very sweet. Praying morning prayer together, doing exposition the whole bit. And they all, I, I intone the Panji Lingua, and then they take it six octaves higher, you know. And uh, so I finally got back into the chapel at about 11 o'clock to um, pray. And this little girl, like, walks up, and she's like, let's sing, let's sing the divine praises together. And I was like, I feel like you're Satan right now. I don't want to sing this. And, and it was, like, total distraction. And then what I realized about halfway through is this, like, this is the way it's supposed to be right now. Mm. Recollection is not always the absence of right. distraction. Yep. It's about being uh, present to the reality that's before us. Mm-hmm. And uh, this girl was really cute, and she sang really well. I don't know where yeah. she came from. I guess random kids walking around my church. but Why not? But recollection is harder than it looks because of that, I think. Okay. He says, he goes on, to recollect oneself means to overcome this deception with springs from unrest and to become still. To free oneself of everything which is irrelevant and to hold oneself at the disposal of God who alone matters now. So you're saying for the next, and like really be honest about it, and I thought this was helpful. It's like for the next 15 minutes, not just say for the whole hour, for the next 15 minutes, I'm really going to be attentive and to the, to the promptings and the will of the Spirit. Right. Secondly, recollectedness is becoming present. This unrest which grips us when we are about to pray may also be defined as an urge to be somewhere else. So then, as I said before, like, um, you're composed, you're concentrated, but then once you become concentrated, it's like, I should be doing these other things, and I really could be doing something else right now, and this prayer is actually really dry, and why am I even doing this, blah, blah, blah. So then you become present, and you say, okay, for the next 15 minutes, I'm going to spend it wasting it here in front of God, whatever you want. Whatever you will, I just give it to you right now. I um yeah, I think again, I think I spend about ninety percent of my life doing useless things, you know. Yeah. And uh things that aren't gonna matter five days from now, you know. Or certainly not five years from now. Yeah. But um Mach do you know Max Picard or Mach Picard? Do you know that name, philosopher? Wait, is that Jean Luc Picard? No, different one. Okay, that's the captain of the USS Enterprise. <laughs> This guy, um, he defines silence as um, holy uselessness. Mm -hmm. 
And I love that. I think that's a great thing. Yeah. Holy uselessness. Yeah. That's what he's talking about there. Well, and it's kind of exemplified by, you know, what is the word in Hebrew for the predicator of existence? You remember? In Hebrew. In Hebrew. What do you say when you say, here I am? Hineni. Hineni. Yeah. What does he say to Samuel? He calls to Samuel and he just says, here I am. Here I am. It's just making yourself known in front of God right. and allowing God to make himself known in front of you. I'm placing myself in front of this mysterious unknown. I'm here, whatever you want. Here I am. Third, uh, recollected is to be unified, gathered together. That state in which thoughts flit from object to object, in which feelings are vague and unfocused, and the will unaffected. So that's that's kind of the classic definition of recollected. We're collecting um, and we're recollecting ourselves. Right. Getting all of our thoughts, feelings, desires focused on, Lord, I'm here. What is it that you want? And what is it that I want to say in this period? Right. Not just like stream of thought, stream of consciousness, but I'm here. This is what I want to say. And I'm open to whatever it is you want to respond to that. Right. Or maybe not say anything and just say, here I am. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Okay. This, the last one. Recollectedness as awakenedness. Let's see here. When there is an object which draws them, no motive which pushes or stimulates or stimulus which agitates them, then their activity flags and a strange desolation takes its place. Outward restlessness often goes together with inner listen, listlessness. Outward restlessness often goes together with inner listless, listlessness. Go ahead, keep trying. <laughs> Shut up. A recollected person, however, who is able to consecrate, to, to concentrate, to become still, and to withdraw into himself is inwardly awake. Uh. So you're recollected because what you're doing is you're saying, I'm completely detached, or I'm trying to detach from all these other things which are distracting me, which are keeping me from being focused. And so you're kind of sobering up. Like my image is like a sentinel. Like, yeah, your job is to stay awake and to be present on this outpost for the next, like, two hours until the next guy takes over. So you got to kind of shake yourself awake. You got to say, this is my job. This is my focus. Concentrate and be present. So, like, if I just got a text from a certain person that said, I'll just eat at home instead of going to the Blue Bonnet tonight. (laughs) (laughs) Trump card. Trump card. How am I supposed to just practice? Forget it. Rec- I'll just eat it home. <laughs> that's yeah. That's that's how you should read it. that text. <laughs> Funny. So, so how do I practice recollectedness? Okay. So then to summarize, he 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 has like eight things: recollectedness, composed and concentrated, having become present, unified, gathered together, awake, alert, and sober. I'm not saying that that's an easy thing to do, but some people say. Oh, I can pray whenever I want. Well, yeah, that's true. Um, and there's different kinds of prayer. But when you want to enter into and dispose yourself to enter into contemplation, that's kind of a necessary precursor. It's not just that you like happen to fall into ecstasy. There is some labor that comes for it, but you're kind of laying the groundwork. And then once that happens, then all of a sudden you start taking off. That's where God is moving and not where you're moving. Can God move in people like myself who are totally outwardly restless and inwardly listless? 
Absolutely. But if I find the ability to calm myself, to draw myself in, and to focus and to be available to the movement that he is wanting, well then, yeah, I think I think I'm I'll have a better success rate. Right. Not that prayer is about success. Right. So I think that's what people want from their priests though, you know. Now the way that they demand things of their priests is what makes us outwardly restless and inwardly listless, you know. Yeah. But, but I, I, I mean Yeah, I think we have to cultivate that that habit. I mean sure. to exemplify the story and to kind of conclude, when I went to my brother's um my brother came out uh, a few years ago and uh I was planning on doing a holy hour and we went to Risen Christ to the Adoration Chapel. And as we're walking in, I said, This is what's gonna happen. We're both gonna go sit down. I'm gonna fall asleep. I'm gonna sleep for an hour. <laughs> Um, you're going to stay awake the whole time. And then at an hour, I'm going to wake up, look at you. You'll look at me like, um, what? And then I'll say, it's an hour. Let's go. And sure enough, we walk in. I pray for maybe like five, 10 minutes, if that. And then I fall asleep for the whole time. And then my brother, Mike, is awake and just kind of like present. And, you know, he's like, I had a great holy hour. And he's like, how did you know that was going to happen? And I said, because you have things that you need to pray about. Yeah. And I think at that moment in time, I needed to go be in the presence of God and take a nap. Yeah. I didn't have very many things. But my my brother, and I think with many married people, they never get the opportunity for silence. They never get the opportunity to recollect themselves. And then when they do get it, it's like, oh my gosh, like I have all these things that I want to say to God. Um, and it, things that he wants to say to me. Uh, but I mean, as we build the habit of prayer, then we're kind of releasing that valve. Whereas, I mean, I had been in holy hours for, I don't know how long, like, you know, five days that week. And I was like, I could just feel like that day I needed a nap. It was over. Yeah. So, yeah, I think that's true. I, I, I can think of so many times I've gone into prayer and, and never been recollected. I just started doing things, planning things, thinking about things. And right. it's, it's really not prayer. And that's okay. Like, I mean, um, again, like you go out fishing a lot. Maybe you don't catch a fish every single time, but it was still good. You're building the habit. You're building the discipline. Prayer is not about um, having, you know, little tokens to show around to people and say, look, I did this. However, like allowing the habit of prayer to kind of take over one's life means that more of those moments will come. And when they do, there will be like... Um, a joy that comes from that, knowing that I I set aside these other things for a time. It yeah, may that, look useless. It may look you know totally wasteful. But God God made it fruitful. That is uh, that's a good analogy. And then you have other times in your life where you go fishing with all your priest buddies and you outfish everyone. That is uh, that's all the time we have, <laughs> folks. Uh, Catholic Stuff Podcast at gmail dot com. Like us on Facebook. We're off to the Blue Bonnet on Santa Fe and Alameda. Folks, We're, have a good week. I don't think we are going to the Blue Bonnet. Um, I, but you but could I, just leave them with that impression. Man, it's 6 o'clock, though. You're right on your money. We well done. Go. Catholic Stuff Podcast at Gmail. You Thanks got no shout-outs? No shout-outs <clears throat> this week. Thanks for listening. Cheerio. Cheerio.